0: Blessings, this is Pastor Walter and Maribel Arias welcoming you to the podcast of God of Covenants Christian Center. We hope this time is a blessing for you.
1: Make sure you subscribe to get new messages every
0: week. Enjoy the message and embrace what the Lord has for you. Happy New Year. Today's message titled, A New Beginning by Pastor John Gonzalez. Let's listen to the message and may God bless you. Let us go today to the Word, and today's topic has as a title, A New Beginning. Repeat with me, A New Beginning. And let us go to the Word of God, if you're so kind, to the Gospel of John, chapter 11, verses 25 and 26, amen? And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? That's a question that the Lord is asking us. Do you believe that this question that Jesus made is true? Do you believe that? You're scaring me. Do you believe it or not? Amen. I'm going to invite you to... Bow our heads and let us present this time before the Lord. Beloved Father, we give you thanks, Lord. First, for the privilege, Lord, I give you thanks of being able to preach your word, Lord. And beloved Father, Lord, I ask that you give me the boldness, that it be your Holy Spirit with me, Lord. Reminding me of all that I have studied, all that you have taught me, Lord. Holy Father, that you place a new anointing over my life, Lord, to be able to preach your word as it suits, Lord. Beloved Father, Lord, I pray for your people. Open the understanding of each and every person here. Holy Father, I ask in this moment that you clear the airs and I bind and chain every spirit of distraction, Lord, and I ask you in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, that the Spirit of revelation and of knowledge of you, be upon your people in this moment, in the mighty name of Jesus and the people of God. Said, Amen and Amen. Give the glory to God. If you're gonna clap those hands. Clap them. It's a little cold, right? But it's nice. <laughs> and also, we ask for those people that those people that are watching us through the internet. Happy New Year and a hug for all of you that are watching. That this word can be a great blessing for all of them as well. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Throughout the history of mankind, there have been new beginnings. When they invented the wheel, there was a new beginning for humanity. They started to open up roads, highways. There was steam engines that were made all new beginnings because of that for humanity when the invention of the telegraph by Samuel Morse there was a new beginning for humanity they started to advance in telecommunications throughout the different parts of the world now one was able to communicate easily that communication was immediate like today like we could communicate easily through the internet through the advances of technology right So a new beginning for humanity. And it has not been in vain either in the word of God. There has been new beginnings as well. If we see God says there's a new beginning for Abraham, when God says to him to leave your land from the house of your parents to the land that I will show you a new beginning for Abraham If we notice and see for Moses as well, there was a new beginning when God presents himself in the midst of that burning bush. And he says, Moses, I have you for a special work so that you take out my people from slavery, from Egypt and take it to the and take them to the promised land. A new beginning for Moses. The same for Jacob. There was a new beginning when he has an encounter with God, and he says, go to your land, and I will be with you. A new beginning for Jacob. The same for the people of Israel. When they took them out of servanthood from Egypt to the promised land, there was a new beginning for the, all the people of Israel in the land that flows milk and honey. For Joseph, it was the same. A new beginning. When he was in jail... Under a false accusation, I have he was called by the preference by the presence of Pharaoh to interpret his dreams. So there's a new beginning for Joseph taken out of the jail and put as second in command in Egypt. A new beginning. Now but today I want to speak to you of a act of Of the biggest event that was transcendental eternity that changed history of Christianity. And it's the mighty act of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's what I want to speak to you in this morning. We would not be here. It would be in vain, the preaching, my preaching, if Christ did not resurrect. It would be in vain our faith if Jesus Christ did not resurrect. It would be in vain all that we do if Jesus Christ did not resurrect. We would live in sin. We would be the most unhappy people of this land. Why? Because the foundation of faith is the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. That is the foundation of the faith that is Christian. Amen? But because of the resurrection, those that have doubted, those that did not believe, and those that did believe, their lives were transformed in a mighty way. And he was preached, and they started to preach the gospel of Christ in all parts of the world. It extended... They would break schemes. They would break languages, cultures, customs. And they started, it started to expand through all the land. Like God had promised Abraham that his descendants of Abraham would be like the stars of the ceiling and the sand of the sea. That is the great Powerful and transcendental event and of eternal life, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. That is who I want to speak of in this morning. Amen. And I'm going to touch on two points that are very important. First, an irrefutable truth. In other words, an undoubtable truth. La, uh, an undoubtable truth and in that point I'm going to talk about the prophets that spoke it the prophets of the Old Testament expressed themselves with great determination and clarity when speaking of the redeeming sufferings and the death and the glorious resurrection of Jesus Christ, we see it through Moses. We see it through the Psalms. We see it through the word of God that they spoke it. And the word of God says in Isaiah 53 verses 10 and 11, it says the following. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief who to Christ. When you make his soul an offering for sin, He shall see his seed. And who put that? Jesus Christ for you and I. Look at this word. Is in a time. It's a future time. It says that Isaiah was saying that he is going to resurrect. He shall live for prolonged days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. He will see the labor of his soul. What he suffered before, before going to the cross of Calvary. When they struck him, when they whipped him, when they bind him, when they nailed his le- his, his hands and his feet. You would see the fruit of the affliction of his soul. The pain of that separation of the father. All these things, it says, and and it says, and be satisfied. It says, he shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. This is, this text is speaking of something in the future. And it says, by his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Amen. In the death and burial, it's not where the story ends. Jesus lives and he lives with power. Jesus resurrected amongst the dead. He stood up amongst the dead as the prophets had stated, as scripture stated, that he was going to die, but that he was going to die. But on the third day, he was going to resurrect. That is the fulfillment of the word. Jesus lives. Our redeemer lives. And that's the same Jesus that is with you. It's the same Jesus that is with me. It's the same Jesus that is with us every day of our life. Until the end of age. If you're going to give that glory. If you're going to clap those hands. Clap them loudly. Amen. Jesus our Lord spoke it. Jesus went to Jerusalem with the apostles. They were going on the way. And he called his 12 apostles. Apart, And he said to them in Matthew chapter 20, verses 18 and 19, he says, behold, we are going to Jerusalem and the son of man will be betrayed to the chiefs, priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify. And the third day he will rise again Jesus himself spoke it clearly to his disciples that he was going to go, that it was necessary that he would go to Jerusalem, that he'd be crucified, died, but on the third day that he would resurrect. And heaven ratified it. Then after the day of rest, the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to the grave. And it was in that moment that an angel came down. There was a great thunder, and the angel came down and removed the rock of the grave. And it says that this angel was like lightning, and his his clothing was white. But in Matthew 28, verses 5 and 6, the angel says to them, But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. Heaven itself ratifying that Jesus Christ had resurrected amongst the dead. The earth testified it and testifies it. And in 1 Corinthians, in chapter 15, verses 3 to 8, the Apostle Paul says to us, For I delivered to you first, he said this to the Corinthians, For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also, the apostle Paul is saying, as by one born out of the due time, testifying of Christ. Because he was a witness when he was on the way to Damascus, and there he had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. And the Apostle Paul says in that time, he says, he says, who are you? And Jesus answers, I am the Christ, the one that you persecute. And there was a change, a transformation in that encounter of Paul and Jesus Christ. Now, Paul converted into the greatest evangelist of all time. Our Redeemer lives and lives forever. Amen. Just as it was thought that death on the cross was the humiliation for Jesus. The death on the cross was the humiliation for Satan because Jesus conquered death. Jesus conquered death. Amen. The second point. Living in the power of the resurrection. What was the first point? An irrefutable truth. An irrefutable truth was the first. The second point is to live in the power of the resurrection. Now, by revelation of God, to our spirit and to our mind, our heart. Where's our heart? The heart is here. When the Bible speaks of the heart. And through his word. We have the certainty. Of an irrefutable truth. Of an unarguable truth. Of a truth that is proven. And it's the resurrection of Christ. And the eternal life. That he has promised us. And to each and every one of you. But Jesus gives a mandate. To all the apostles. Before. He going to the cross of Calvary. And we find it in Mark, chapter 16, verses 15 through 18. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe, and underline this part and these signs will follow those who believe in my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues they will take serpents and if they drink anything deadly it will by no means hurt them they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover this is the great commission that Jesus our Lord and Savior says to the apostles before going to the cross on Calvary and be present with this part, with the signs that will follow those that believe. That we're going to talk about it a little further ahead. After giving the disciples the great t- great commission, Jesus then is crucified. He dies and resurrects on the third day, as the prophet stated. As he stated, as the angel ratified, it, and as heaven ratified it. He tells his disciples... Beforehand, he says, Do not leave. Do not leave Jerusalem because it's necessary to receive the promise of the Father. Jesus was saying to them, It's necessary that you receive the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to do the Great Commission and to be my witnesses on this land, on this earth. There was a new beginning. For Christianity, after the ascension of Christ, a new beginning, the first Christians were empowered by whom? By the Holy Spirit of God. And it says the word of God in Acts chapter one, verses eight. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. I want you to underline this word and you will be witnesses to me because it's very important. Remember the word that I said beforehand, and these signs will follow those who believe. First, I have to be a witness of Christ so that the signs can follow me. Because many times we want want the signs to follow us, but Christ is not the Lord of our lives. We want to do things on the contrary. The disciples of Christ had an experience that left them an indelible mark on their lives. Being a witness means a fundamental change in our lives. And I ask you a question. Have you had an encounter with God? A genuine encounter that has changed, that has transformed your life? In a mighty way. Because if you have not. Had that encounter with God. Then let me tell you. Then you cannot be a witness of Christ. It's a great truth. And it's a great reality. I have to have. A genuine encounter with my God. And my Savior. So that I can be a witness of Jesus Christ. And all the things that he does in my life. It says in Acts, the word of God, in Acts chapter 2, verse 47, this the apostles testified to, because they were witnesses of Christ, of what Christ did in their lives, how God transformed, how God changed totally their lives in a mighty way. It says, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. What did they do? The apostles had everything in common. The word of God says in the book of Acts that they even sold their properties and they helped those in need that they shared. They lived happily. And all of this brought them favor to the people. And all that testimony that they lived was what attracted the people. And every day God added to the church those who would be saved. It says Acts in Acts that same book chapter 4 chapter 4 verse 13 it says now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus Peter and John fishers fishermen how was How were they? How did they speak? How did they do it? But when they spoke and witnessed of Christ, when they preached the word, it says that the people were so marveled at listening to them and they recognized what Jesus had done in their lives. And God and we, the people out there, by our way of living, with our way of speaking, with our way of behaving, Is how the people are going to see and will have favor with those people so that they can arrive to the path of Jesus Christ. It's our testimony that makes the people to come to the path of Jesus Christ, to the way of Jesus Christ. To be a witness is to speak of the truth that has been given to us in the word of God. Jesus is the truth, is the way, and is the life. Amen? And it says... Peter in Acts chapter 2, verse 36, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Peter here is saying, Christ is my Lord. Christ resurrected from the dead. Christ lives. Christ is my Redeemer. Christ is my Lord and is my Savior. To be a witness of Jesus is passion and commitment. Peter and John were jailed. And he says that in the ninth hour, they went to the time of prayer, to the temple, the beautiful temple, and there in the temple. At the gate, they saw someone that was lame, that was crippled from birth. And Peter and was walking. When they arrived, and they say to the person that is crippled, he says, look at us. And the cripple was looking at them, like to receive something from them. And the apostle Peter says, I don't have gold nor silver, but what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, lift up and rise and walk. And the word of God says that he took him by his right hand and immediately he stood up and everything, his legs were affirmed and straightened. And he walked in with them into the temple and he praised and worshiped God and he glorified God for what he had done in his life. And the word of God says... But to be a witness of Jesus is having that passion and that commandment. It says the word again that they were jailed, right? They were before the rulers, before the priests, before the scribes. And it says, John, Alexander, and all the family of the high priests were there. But look, and they asked them, they asked them to Peter and John. With what power or in whose name do you do all these things? And Peter responds in Acts chapter 4 from verses 8 to 11. He says, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled of what? Of the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, Jesus is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. And in no one else is there any salvation. And is there in no other person salvation? Because there's no other name under the heavens given to man in which we can be saved. By the faith in Jesus Christ, we're saved. Not by works so that no one can boast. The works are consequences of the faith that you and I have by Jesus Christ. Amen? And the first disciples... Began to preach the good news of salvation as they started to preach the gospel as Jesus had commissioned them before going to the cross. They received the power of the Holy Spirit and their lives were transformed. They were changed. He equipped them to do the work, He gave them authority over the demons, He gave them gifts and talents. And the signs followed them. That beginning. Was not only for the first Christians. That new beginning. Is also for us. Because for us. Is the great commission. Amen. And the same spirit. That lifted up Jesus. From the dead. Is the same spirit. In which you and I have been sealed when we confess that Jesus is the Savior of our lives and when we confess confess that Christ was resurrected from the dead. That same Holy Spirit of God, that same Spirit, Holy Spirit, in which we were sealed. In other words, that Christ, the Lord, hasn't left us as orphans. He left us His Holy Spirit So that we can do the great commission. It is a new beginning. Because for us, this of the resurrection of Christ should encourage us. Should cause a fervent burning to preach his word as he told us. And the signs will follow us. The signs will follow us. The word of God says that you will be witnesses in Jerusalem. In Samaria, in Judah, in all of Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And I'm going to explain something before I finish this part. (laughs) How did the gospel start to expand? The word of God says that in Jerusalem, in Jerusalem, it was the nucleus where the Christian church was formed, where it was conformed, but there they start to see persecutions. Stephen dies, the great Christian martyr. And the disciples are scattered. They go through all Judea, and there they the gospel and the preaching is extending. They go through all of Samaria. Who were the Samaritans? The Samaritans were the people that did not get along with the Jewish people with their customs or their rituals. So what is God saying to us with that word? They went to preach also in Samaria. So now we have to break paradigms. We have to break many things because many times we don't preach the word to many for whatever reason. We stay quiet. God is telling us it doesn't matter that because they went to even Samaria to preach the gospel In the place that the gospel would be extended in all places. And the third part, to the ends of the earth. To the ends of the earth. And he's speaking there. The apostle Paul is fulfilled when the apostle Paul enters through Asia. He goes through the south and the west of Asia. And he enters through Europe, Macedonia. There, what did he do? He preached the good news of the salvation. There was new churches created in which Paul was the mentor, was the founder, and who directed them through the letters, the Pauline epistles, which the Apostle Paul preached the gospel through as well. So then, look at how this is. It started to expand the gospel. But also, what does that word want to say to each and every one of us? It says in Jerusalem how great it is to preach your word here, within ourselves, we're Christian. First, we should preach our word in our home, to our children, to our wife, husband, and our family. That is our Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. The neighbors around, the people that don't know the word, In schools, in colleges, in universities, in our employment, places of employment, in the place where God has us, there we have to preach our word. And to the ends of the earth, Pastor Gloria is here and her husband, Rafael, the missions, something that is wonderful. Some cannot go. They don't have the opportunity. But there's others that yes, we can go to support in Dominican Republic, to support in Medellin, Colombia, to support Fortin, Mexico, and even Kansas here in the United States. We can do it. Yes, we can do it in a different way. Pastor said, bring some pajamas. And with this, you help expand the gospel. It's true. That's what we need. We have excuses to preach the gospel and to reach the other nations? Is there excuses within our midst? No, there's none. There's none. And I'm going to say something to you. Something that touches my heart and continues touching my heart. And it's when I get to the, here to the temple. For me, There's people that can't come only on Sundays. That's okay. That's fine. We have a schedule here like the Apostle said. We have all types of schedules. To give you the opportunity to all the people. So there's no excuse. And to me, personally. And don't take this as a reprimand. Take it as something that God wants to bless your lives with. Because for me. That a meeting starts at 10 o'clock and the people are coming after 10 o'clock? How do we want to be witnesses of Christ? If we don't, even in the church itself, we're not witnesses. How can we not get up early? How is it that we, to go to Disney, we wake up early, we even break night if we have to. So the day beforehand, we had broke night, tomorrow I'm going To Disney and I get up early and I go. But to the church, no, I have to rest. How is it that I have to rest? For the good things? For the things that God wants to bless our lives with? That is a part that hits very hard. Very hard. For us to have a new beginning. We have to start through each and every one of ourselves. Let us observe ourselves. Each and every one of us. Each and every one of you. Do a self-analysis. And you yourself will have the answer. No one else. May you please stand if you're so kind. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. The first. When one starts the year This is the first Sunday of the new year Amen The first fruit The first fruit is Of us, ourselves For God The first fruit Of how this year is going to be And at times we think That the first topic that we should talk about on the first day of the year is of prosperity. God is going to bless me financially. God is going to bless you physically. You're going to find your spouse. I'm going to go to university. I'm going to pay my debts. I'm going to buy my house. I'm going to buy my car. All those things. And they're not bad. Of course they're not bad. Because God wants to bless us in everything. Yes. And at times, worry grabs us about those things and we leave what's good. That's why the Word of God says that every day brings its own worry. But it also the Word tells us to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness And all these things will be added. Let us seek God with all our heart. With a desire, a fervent desire within us. Because God is the one that will take care of opening those doors that have been closed for a long time. Give the glory to God. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We invite you to look for us in the social networks such as Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Search under the name Dios de Pactos Florida. We hope this message has edified you. And please share with others. Have a wonderful day.